Time is money. Hey guys, welcome to Soundcheck <laughs> Flicks. We're back with another episode. We're in season two. Excited to be here covering the 1984 film. This is Spinal Tap, directed by Rob Reiner. Graham's here, and our good friend Adam Gimbel, who you, I, I, I see you. What did I do? Well, <laughs> everything you've done here locally in the music community over the years is is almost an homage to Spinal Tap yeah. in many, many ways. Um, Huge influence. Yeah. Tell us about your love of the movie. Oh, my gosh. Um, what can I say? It's uh, I saw it when I was a kid and thought it was funny, and it's still funny 30 years later on repeated viewings, which is really rare. I, don't, I haven't watched a lot of movies more than once. We were talking about this earlier. Um, but there's just so much, every time you watch it, you just remember little things, uh, that you forget. It's the little things and that's, that's, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's not overly silly. They don't go for cheap humor and over overly physical things. It's like the little things that they say, it's so inside. It's so for us. It's just so like for, most of your shows are so much just for you, but I'm glad yes, that that's grown quite. over the years. The audience <laughs> has grown for Adam and uh, tell us about the various projects. I mean, rookie card, blasphemous guitars. Mm -hmm. You just toured the UK with your stone roses, guns and roses mashup. Yep. I mean, were you a theater kid? No, funny enough. Okay. I was uh, there were there, we had a video production class in our high school, university city high school rivals of La Jolla high. Yes. Uh, Tim, uh, so I did a little bit of acting in that. We did like some dumb sketches, but that's all I ever did. I always thought I'd like to try it. Never did. Didn't think I was cool enough to be in a band ever. Still not. And, uh, <laughs> but I slowly got into it. And, and after a while I kind of realized it's so fun to do something that's just ridiculous. And most times I'm putting it out there to different places, clubs, people, you just, they just don't get it. But the Casbah has always been a home for this kind of, uh, out there comedy stuff, you know, as well as music, of course. You deserve but, a show like a variety show. Oh my God. <laughs> We've done so many things like it where I put way too much work into it. You know, like I read somewhere that when Conan O'Brien started his show, they were referring it to, to it as Saturday every night because they were trying to pack so much into every show. It was insane. So it was sure. like trying to, you know, like instead of just like, you know, making it easy on themselves when you had five shows a week to do. But that's kind of how I feel. I just got video that I'd never seen before of a show we did 10 years ago um, when we played a whole Wilco record. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. I completely forgot about it. There's just been, there's been so much stuff that we've done here over the years. Yeah. I was making a list and I'm like, holy moly, there's just been, there's been so much. And Tim has always been, uh, both Tims have been great about letting us do this here. And I, I'm trying to think of like, what else? Like people like Neil Hamburger and Elvez, where it it just doesn't fly in most places. Most people don't get it. Sure. And, but people who like outsider music and indie music, they, they get something that's a little off and weird, whether it's Mr. Show or Spinal Tap or, or whatever, you know? I was wondering if you're getting any, uh, you know, arena offers because your band <laughs> Geezer features this this guy that we've known for many years that has now fallen into being the lead singer of Smash Mouth. I know who to thank. I mean, it's it's kind of perfect for him. He 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 looks the type and 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 he's great. <laughs> what is the type? No, I don't, know. I don't want to get into a, a, a big, a big tattooed type. guy. You know, yeah, like yeah. he. he 
he he fits so perfectly. Like everybody that heard the news, this is we're talking about um, our friend Zach Goody, yes. who was in Geezer with me for years, and I don't know where he heard a, he heard about Smash Mouth actually looking for a lead singer after their other guy had kind of gone off the rails. Just yeah. to put it mildly, and it's since passed. Yeah, uh, rest in peace. Yeah, and he yeah he found out about it and went through the audition process and got the gig and now he's playing in stadiums all over the world. Dude, they, they tour big places still. It's one oh, original yeah. member, and <laughs> yeah. they just put out a holiday album mm-hmm. and he got to sing with freaking Susanna Hoffs yes, of the Bengals. He did. Give me a break. He did. <laughs> did he did he introduce you to Susanna Hoffs? Uh, he did not. A nice Jewish girl singing <laughs> about uh, Christmas rapping. I gave him some ideas on that song, but they didn't get to do them. I, I still think it could have been more of a duet. Sure. Uh, you know, but that's, you know, yeah, I'm big on, you know, what you should have done. Uh, yes. Because it's my least favorite question in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, so I actually bought, you know, what you should have done dot com, which you can use. So when people tell you after you've done something amazing, oh, you know what you should have done? Say, oh, that's a great idea. Can you submit it to my website? So you, you know who's you the king of that? Who's the king of the you know you should have done? There's two people that I can think of offhand. Okay. Halloran. <laughs> Is that what you're going to say? Uh-huh. Of course. <laughs> Who else? And P. Hicks. And P. Hicks. And I love oh, them both. Wow. I love them both. But yeah. but yeah, when you go to you know what you should have done.com, there's a picture of an old lady with giving the middle finger and it says, thanks for the idea. So if you ever want to use that, you guys, just feel free to give it. I pay $15 a month or $15 a year for that joke. <laughs> and, it do- and it doesn't get used enough. It's yeah. old. No, nah, well, totally. Um. I can't stand cover tribute bands. I, I just, I'm not into it. But yours is always fun. You do the mashup thing. You bring the comedy to it. Mm-hmm. And it's always a, a fun show because you do put a lot of thought, energy, and effort into it. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I mean, I I have a love-hate relationship with cover bands for sure. And the Casbah has a love-hate relationship yeah. with, with uh, cover bands. And Tim... Kind of recognize except for sweet and tender hooligans who got them in here me (laughs) (laughs) because we were doing an oasis parody at the time and tim was like i don't know and i'm like just trust me and they've sold out so many shows here um but rightfully so so he shouldn't have a lot of cover bands in here they're cheesy and funny unintentionally which that's my favorite thing it's it's like spinal tap like when we play with actual serious tribute bands and most of them, they <laughs> say they have a sense of humor. Trust me, they, they don't. don't. Um, and to hear them talk to each other about this cover set that they're going to do so seriously, it's like one of my favorite things in the world to listen to. And I'm and I'm so curious. Like I asked, I said to you guys, I'm like, I want to hear your real life Spinal Tap stories from all the bands uh, that have come through here. I'm so curious what you guys uh, I got a few. Yeah. Well, the I funny the funny thing is, um, I was talking to Andrew, door guy Andrew, years ago, and I asked him like, "Who's the worst to deal with?" And he said, "British bands who are big over there and come to America sure. and realize yes. they're not with a bus. popular with a bus when the buses are out front. When the bus is out front, you know somebody's losing money. They might know? die getting off the bus too, as well. The way it has to park. There. Oh my gosh, it's it's so. Funny. I always think there was a Swedish band that you probably remember called Kent. Yeah, and they came here with a bus and had more guitars than you two on the side <laughs> of the stage. And I'm like, really awesome. Like I love that kind of thing. What do you guys remember? Are you glad? Or well, you, these, you can name names. Some of these touring bands get money from their governments. So yeah. like Canada and Germany and some of these, they're, you know, they're, they cultural, they're yeah. cultural ambassadors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when they show up with these giant buses and too much gear, it's like, well, <laughs> the, the country gave them the money. I mean, they're just going to spend it. I mean, and they also have this thing about, uh, you know, when the show's over, they're just content to hang out till 2 a.m. 
the European bands. Right. Like, oh, yeah, not, they go late. Yeah, they don't, like, everybody's left the bar already, and they're not loading their gear. They haven't even touched the stage. Mm, right. And then we're looking at them on the patio like, yo, we're ready to lock this place up. And they're just drinking, laughing, talking about whatever. And it's because they're going to shut the place down like in Europe. And I'm yeah. like, that's not how we work here. Like, uh-huh. we, we go home after the show. Like, oh, my gosh. I hate that they, they smoke spliffs. They mix tobacco with I know. their cannabis. The pure. Can't stand it. <laughs> they call it the pure when there's no tobacco in there. The pure. Yeah. And I'm like, well, sign me up for the pure because that tobacco is harsh. Yeah. What are you guys talking about? Cannabis. I'm kidding. Like, I'm yeah. kidding. Did you hear me say it? <laughs> Weed, would Mr. you prefer the slang Mr. Clean term? Living it is a here. part of the live music industry. You might have heard of I, it. It's hard to, you know. They believe, have these stores but, now you can actually walk into and, and, and buy it. I guess in New York City they have trucks now, like ice cream trucks. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. You just walk <laughs> up. They had that before too. But you just walk. Well, now it's now, legal. Now they, they just, got a shroom store up on Venice Beach now dude, on this, the boardwalk. What? All right. Yeah. We need to talk. I like these things. You do like these things. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for a sponsor. But yeah, 1984, little movie comes out that becomes, if you're in a band, you have, right? I mean, come on, you have to watch this movie. Maybe mm-hmm. even before you start your band, you should watch this you movie. should it's a uh, cautionary tale it truly truly is uh let's see have 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 you ever had a drummer spontaneously combust um yeah, i guess uh, partially because when we we actually did spinal tap i guess we haven't talked about that yet um when it was 11 11 11 so november yes. 11th 2011 you're um, so witty Oh, thanks. You're so <laughs> funny and touches touches arm that's always our joke me and my girlfriend touches arm touches um arm. We, I had the idea, I don't remember when I had the idea, but at least a year before, because as you guys remember, there was a club called 11. 11, yeah. And so I, I asked to reserve it a year before because I was so afraid someone else was going to take it. And Rosie actually said, you stole my idea. I was like, ha ah. <laughs> But, um, so our drummer would usually, uh, combust at some point during the, the set and either he would be replaced by someone different or he would show back up with like a mustache and go, all right, here's the new guy. You know? So that's oh, about the closest. You did ask me, um, that one time that Evan Dando performed here, oh, boy. Here, we pants, go. here we go. Here we go. And then there was a chair that he was sitting into in the shitted pants oh, that mm. I think lingered in the office or somewhere around oh. here for a while before <laughs> we, I mean, we were thinking like, maybe we should, it's got his DNA on it. Maybe we should, do something with this. Uh, uh, yeah, I think mm. it made it to the dumpster. Oh, my God. So that was interesting. When you asked me earlier about real life stories, yes. Evan Dando was number one on the list. That's <laughs> so funny because I would think of that, too. But that's not even like a spinal tap story. No, that's just it like, isn't. That's a drug issue. Like, he was just yeah. going through issues with his personal life and was dealing with it. You know, he was fighting a battle. And, and unfortunately, he shot up before he went on stage and he oh, shat himself. And those of us by the side of the stage, you could clearly see, I am confirming that yeah. there was shit in his drawers. Oh, I've heard about and that. And he many ran times. off stage and changed into some gym shorts in the office real fast and oh. cleaned himself up and ran during back the to set? the set. Yeah. Oh he ran God. off the stage oh, during the set. Leaving a trail of the, the uh, dead. Extra action marching band, which featured somebody from Crash Worship. This is a Bay Area band. I think even um What's his name from Talking Heads? Used them to open up for him. David Byrne. Uh, David Byrne, thank you. But the plumbing backed up. Here. Here. Oh, and no. so the entire room was covered mm. in about a, a layer of water. And Ugh. guess what this extra action marching band does? They don't perform on stage. They go in the crowd. They take over the club. It's oh, my gosh. Uh, splash. In 
poo water. I mean, I don't oh, know. That's yeah. That, that was one of those moments. I mean, here. there are the show went on. <laughs> there are ones like being on the road with a band and like uh, this was about ten years ago, and I was with a young band that was popping off at that moment, and we went through Portland, and we got to the theater, and the bus pulls up, and it says top billing fashion show and underneath it says the van's name yes. and i'm just like i pulled the singer off the bus right away and i was like stay humble stay humble man like you're second billing to a fashion show that's like, amazing so i mean and that's directly out of the movie i mean yeah. and, and so that stuff does happen mm -hmm. um i mean there's stuff that's you know i've seen stuff on stage like the dwarf singer step off the stage and break his foot and Ugh. like somebody stage invaded the coat hangers and i remember uh julia jumped up from behind the jump kit and punched him in the face i <laughs> i just thought it was amazing That's <laughs> but you know there's little stuff like that but the full-on like somebody getting caught in a pod Right. You know that right. we haven't we haven't had anything like that here. Yeah. Have we like, had any pods? No, probably mm, not. But nah. or a, a smoke machine. You know, it won't stop. It won't stop. I mean, there's street... a lot of there's a lot of getting getting lost on the way to the stage. Yeah, when you're at that level, apparently there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I remember that one time at the Apollo or whatever. I've I've seen yeah. a lot of people sharing stories um, online. Adrian was telling me last night that the uh, he tours with the Circle Jerks, and he was saying that recently they got lost in a venue. Nice. <laughs> nice. So that stuff still happens, and that's what ties into Ozzy talking. You know, Ozzy's been on record for years that it hurts to watch this movie. That he didn't know it was a uh, he didn't know it was fake when he first watched it. He thought right. it was a real band, and it was a real documentary. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and you know, you kind of yeah, it they, is. They fooled <laughs> a lot of people. I mean, I I loved going down YouTube wormhole the last couple of days and seeing interviews of theirs in and out of character talking about how when they first previewed the movie in Texas, almost everybody in the theater was like, this is stupid. These yeah. guys are just dumb. Why couldn't they find a band that's good? They just didn't get that it's that. I mean, they, they look so different, you know, and Michael McKean would probably be the most recognizable because he was such a star from Laverne and Shirley. It doesn't look like him. No, it just no. does not look like him at all. No. He looks like this beautiful rock god. He pulls it <laughs> off. I'm like, wow. Like I was watching it again, going, I don't remember him being like hot almost. Like it's so funny that like <laughs> that he did it because he's so nerdy. You know, well, it's and great. then like so the early DNA of Spinal Tap is that Lenny and the Squig Tones album from the 70s, <laughs> right? It was put out during the height of the Laverne yep, and Shirley yep. fame. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say, like, Christopher Guest might have played on that he with did. him. He did. He did. Yeah. There's a video of him playing behind them. Yeah. And then Rob Reiner did a TV show called The TV Show. And they it was like um, just making fun of all different kinds of TV stuff. And one, yeah. of, the, one, of, the, one of the bits was uh, the Midnight Special, which was like a 70s show where they would have live bands on. So Rob Reiner's Wolfman Jack, and he, he introduces, here's Spinal Tap, and it's them. Uh, maybe with like one different guy. I can't remember. Loudon Wainwright is on keyboards. And um, that was the first kind of time they ever did it. Um, but I guess they used to just do it to amuse each other. Yeah. Just talk to each other in British accents. And people who heard it were like, oh, my God, this is hysterical. <laughs> you know, because Christopher Guest's dad was like a, in the House of Lords. He was like in Parliament in England. So he had a great British accent. But they would just just to, that's what funny people do for fun. They just. Riff. Riff. Yeah. You know, and there's just endless hours of them doing it. Well, also parody and mockumentary and those kind of th 
terms that wasn't really yet kind of a thing no like i think that's the reason why you say people in texas didn't get it right sure. away mm-hmm. yeah because it wasn't a thing yet you did yeah. it now and everybody would get it but yeah you know exactly. you talked theater camp last year on hulu everybody gets that it's right making fun of theater people right but now you know back then they were like what yeah. it's just ahead of its time it, it absolutely was and now yeah you've got things like off the office and all these people doing that kind of aesthetic of like just dead serious but it's so funny and th- th- them not cracking each other up is maybe the most insane part they're so funny. christopher guest doesn't it doesn't even look like he ever laughs like there's interviews with he's them. a pro he's insane i think there's only one point that i see him laugh and i did get it confirmed on the uh commentary where they there's a commentary on the dvd with the three guys oh which is maybe funnier than the movie it's pretty damn funny it's hilarious and for a long time i'd been for years since I was a child, that scene where they're doing the albums and Marty DeBerge's listing off Intravenous to Milo yes. and the Gospel According to Spinal Tap and Shit Sandwich, and he's reading the reviews, Michael McKeon's cracking up through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I always thought since I was a kid that he had not heard that dialogue. And he hadn't. Yeah. They- Robert Reiner wrote those reviews and did not tell them that that was going to be said. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Guest sits there stone faced through all of it until he says shit sandwich. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, you can't print that. You can't print that. Well, that's nitpicking in it. There's so many little lines that I just, I, I say all the time. That's nitpicking in it. I say I do, that all the time. Even Michael McKeon covering his smile because he's laughing behind it when he's right. talking about intravenous to Milo and mm-hmm. shit. It's so good. Yeah. They must have just loved trying to crack each other up. I mean, that's, that's, Part of uh, what was so fun about doing Geezer with Zach for so many years is that we would try to, if we could get each other to mess each other up sure, for sure. our next line, that's like, you know. It's on. Game on. Yeah, that's the win right there. What band do you think they're most mocking here? That's a good question because uh, a lot of people have theorized. I yeah. guess, well, there's there's video of Christopher guessing that he was in a hotel lobby and he overheard a band arguing about where's the base it disappeared the road manager and, and band arguing about it and he and he never says who it is he might not have even known who it is but he's like this is hilarious yeah and that was kind of the the genesis of of starting to say maybe we should do something with a with a dumb a dumb rock band from england people have said that he's he based it on jeff beck but it, that's it's he looks so much like jeff beck in this yeah it's unbelievable and jeff beck's like oh yeah it's totally me well, he right. mentioned swapping his jacket for a guitar with Jeff Beck, that that leather jacket he's wearing. Oh, really? At the end of the movie that has his pass on it and everything, that, that Jeff Beck asked him for that jacket, and he said, I'll give it to you if you give me a guitar. And so they swapped. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Because Christopher Guest is a crazy guitar geek. I'm sure. That whole scene with all the guitars where he's showing Marty all his guitars. Right. Those is? Those are his. Oh, I never Those knew that. His. Yeah. I mean, tiger on it. And, yeah, and he was like, some of these guitars are like crazy expensive now mm. that they're worth so much interesting but yeah he's a crazy tech guy yeah and he's and he's a great musician like it's mm-hmm. you got to give them credit they they can all play they harmonize amazing and they mm-hmm. wrote great songs like I, I definitely had a whole new appreciation for for it when we had to learn the songs yeah because I mean, the lyrics are so subtle and funny in in so many ways. And I just didn't, I sang them for years without thinking too hard. And then when you dug into it, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. The band name I kept hearing come up was Uriah Heap. 
Uh huh. Or Saxon. And it was Saxon. Saxon. So, so uh, Derek Smalls. Uh, oh fuck. By Harry the way, Derek Smalls. Sure, yeah, Harry Sure yeah, yeah. talked about touring with Saxon for a couple of weeks uh, to get the feel of what it would be like to be the bass player. Uh huh. So uh-huh. And, yeah, and then Uriah Heap that. The whole uh, Air Force situation where they played the Air Force base at the end. That happened to them. That happened to Uriah Heep. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of speculation. And then there's a girl on the final scene where they're atop the hotel at the conclusion of the tour. And she's one of the few actual concert tour you know, you see on anybody up close. She's got a Uriah Heep shirt on. Ah, uh, nice ref. Yeah. That's so I saw great. a KLOS shirt, I think, in one of the scenes. Yeah, mm. there's a few in there, but not as many as you would expect for a rock and roll movie. But. Right. I'm sure that they were probably worried about rights and whatnot back then, but hmm, I don't know. Yeah, Geezer played a, a naval base on Coronado. There was a school of rock kid whose dad was a super higher up, and it was so surreal. We had so much fun, but the, his <laughs> kids are like, he grew up there, and they're like climbing up into fighter jets and things like that. We're like, oh my God. It was wow. Amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Super cool. Are you a fan of any other Rob Reiner films? I love Princess Bride. Yes. I love The Sure Thing. Um, my aunt's stepbrother... Is that right? Aunt's stepbrother is Mandy Patinkin. Oh. So uh, some of my bandmates started a band called Inigo uh, years ago that probably played here. And uh, I, w- I only met him once at a wedding. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you're never going to guess who's in front of me. Like, <laughs> Meathead. <laughs> yeah. Inigo Montoya. Come on. Oh, no, not Rob no, Reiner. No, no, no. Rob Reiner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mandy. Um, oh. Jayhawk. Yeah. But he's, I was kind of surprised. Maybe I, I don't know if, if I knew that that was his first. This is the first movie he directed. Um, you know, he was an actor in the seventies and then he parlayed and I guess that just, it happens all the time. Now people do TV, people do movies, but I guess back in the day, like movies were like movie stars and TV was like way down, down yeah. here. So like he made that transition. What else did he do? Stand by me. Oh, of course. Oh. Yeah. What a great one. Just one of the greatest coming of age movies ever. Yeah, for sure. And I totally agree with you on Princess Bride. I, I ride with that every day. Yeah. I need to see it again. It's been way too long. So good. Let's talk about some of the cameos in the movie because this is just chock full of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, do you have any favorites? Oh my gosh. Mime is money. Mime is money is you great. You like Billy Crystal? I thought that. I love yeah. That I Billy just, Crystal and Dana Carvey? Yeah. I watched five minutes of uncut stuff from that yesterday and it's so funny. The name of Mime is money is Shut Up and Eat. That's the name of it. Their, their <laughs> catering company. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. He's talking about landing the plane or whatever. The different, like, yeah, do do this, do this, and oh my god, it's <laughs> well, they they cut it down so much. But um, Michael McKean was on uh, the Dana Carvey and and Spade podcast like this week, I think, and he's talk and Dana Carvey talked about he came into audition to be the drummer, oh, <laughs> and he was like too clean cut. He was like he was not going to be <laughs> a rocker dude, but they were like they liked him so much that they they had him <laughs> in as a mime, which is great. Well, we got Ed Bigley Jr. as one of the drummers, we do. yeah. Yeah, the original great, great band. tall blonde geek. Yes, <laughs> I love uh, what's her name, Bobby Fran Fleckman. Drescher. Fran Drescher is Bobby Fleckman. She's so good, and she's apparently just like the other guys. She's improving that scene. Yeah, she's just doing it different every time. And- everything. Well, everything I read. The only line in the entire movie that's not improvised is the guy. Uh, Sir Dennis Eaton Hogg. I can't believe I never noticed his name is Eaton Hogg because <laughs> all three Spinal Tap guys are Jewish, and so to have. Uh, it's just brilliant <laughs> to have the guy's name being eaten. Hog, oh, it's so great. Um, he gives a little speech and says, tap into America. Yeah. It's the only line in the entire movie that was actually scripted because he wasn't an improviser. Everybody else they hired because they could improvise. Right. And it, it was, 
it's so fascinating that they didn't have a script because they want it to be improvised. But how do you sell a movie, a million dollar movie to studios was like, well, you're just going to trust us. It's just going to be <laughs> funny. There's no, and there's no anything. They, they had a 20 minute thing that they filmed that uh, it's not that funny. It's good, but it's not like insanely funny, but only one studio was willing to go for it. And I, that doesn't surprise me. Cause like, how do you sell somebody? It's like our bands, you have to see our bands to get it. And I, I'm, you know, I, I email clubs every day <laughs> or every week and they just don't get it. But everybody that sees it is like, oh, this is really funny. But how do you describe it? It's just like Spinal Tap. It's like, you just Spinal have to watch it. Spinal Tap in real life. Come on. You, you just have to watch it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all about the context of, of the fact that it's actually filmed and looks just like it. That's what makes it so funny. Like so many things, it's not, it's never going to be funny on the page. Um, you know, like I've tried to explain Neil Hamburger to people right? and it's just, it's, you have to see it. You know, we did a bit in LA, um, last or two weeks ago and we rehearsed it and I'm like, I don't know if this is funny and every, and it was like the biggest laugh we, we ever got maybe. And I was, you know, it's, it's, they're so good at what they do. Even, even the, the, the interviews of them out of character, just talking to each other. They're insane. It's, they're <laughs> so fast. They're so quick. I'm just like, oh my God, it's amazing. Improv people are insane. We also have Paul Schaefer. Yes. Artie Fufkin. <laughs> Artie Fufkin, follow more records. Yes. Kick just my kick, ass. Kick my ass. Just, yes. just kick, kick my ass. ass. Yeah. But the way he keeps <laughs> introducing himself with his name, it's the little things like that. That yeah. is such a music business thing. I'm sure you guys are both witnessed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That kind of thing. Someone from a record label coming yep. to this little rock club. And it's so out of context to be that cheesy. But they're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, oh, my God. We have, we have Fred Willard. Who's great. Who's great in the Air Force base. Mm-hmm. Uh, improv, I mean, come on. That was genius. They just signed him. Anything he touches. Anything. Yeah, like, my hair's kind of long. I don't want to think I'm, <laughs> you're, I'm with the band. I'm like, oh, my Stay God. I'm with the band. I just uh, walk a little so further ahead good. of you guys. We have the limo driver, Bruno Kirby. Yep. Oh, he's hilarious. <laughs> Frank Sinatra. Uh-huh. He also ended up improving that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard Hessman is the. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> they that's, that's, Rob Reiner's, that's Rob Reiner's second favorite line is, uh, we'd love to talk, but we got to go wait in the lobby for the limo. <laughs> <laughs> so great. He so dismisses them and they don't even realize it's it. So like, fa- His favorite is it's such a fine line between stupid and clever, which is such a great line too. Yeah. So um, good. Angelica Houston. Right. Morticia Adams. Mm-hmm. She makes Stonehenge. She does. And two specs. Yeah. To be fair, he said 18 inches on yep. the sheet. So oh God, we did so much with that. We had like, <laughs> when we first did it, we had like a toy Stonehenge that we lowered from the, still in the box. Um, and then I forgot, I sent you the flyer. I, I forgot that our last show that we did. And when we, when we did Spinal Tap, we were called 12. I don't think I mentioned that. Um, Cause we wanted to be one louder. And we did it 11, 11, 11, a couple more times and then said, okay, we're good. But then when 12, 12, 12 came around next year, I'm like, okay, that should be our farewell show. <laughs> so we played here with Deadbolt and uh, Satanic Puppeteer Orchestra. It was like the three silly, silliest people in San Diego. And um, Deadbolt, not, they're not silly. They're the scariest. They are man. the scariest. Definitely not silly. Sorry. Um, and Rebecca's Coffee House, is that what it was? I can't, I'm forgetting the name. The one in South Park that is no more, yeah. unfortunately. But she had the best scones in the world. She made us a Sconehenge, <laughs> which we passed around. And it was like, oh, my God, so fun. <laughs> Pre-COVID, we could pass around a big thing of scones and everyone would take a bite. So good. Just a couple other little people hiding in the credits there. Yes. Somewhere in that final scene is Blackie Lawless from Wasp. 
Where? Near the end. I think it's maybe at the hotel. Oh, like the farewell party? The farewell party or somewhere around there. Oh. He's at the bottom of the credits and he's like a metal guy or whatever. But <laughs> I was looking for him and I couldn't find him, but he's in there somewhere. Oh my gosh. Because um, him in Decline of Western Civilization uh, is so Spinal Tap. It's like exactly. you, can't, you can't make it up. Uh, and Joyce Heiser's in there as, one, as Nigel's groupie. She was... Uh, she was the lead in a little teen comedy from the 80s called Just One of the Guys. Oh, and she's one of the groupies? She's one of the groupies. She's Nigel's groupie specifically. Oh, Nigel's um, groupie. And they cut out. Now, the version you talked about, the 20-minute version that they did to kind of lure studios mm -hmm. in, they had the limo scene in there in that, and it was Nina Blackwood, one of the original MTV VJs, Whoa. was the girl reading the book. Huh. But they, by the time the movie came out, of course, she was famous on oh MTV. Oh my gosh, yeah, and, totally. So they got somebody else, but... Interesting. Um, and then there was supposed to be a plot where they had a girl band opening for them. Yes. And Cherry Curry was supposed to be the lead singer. Right, and she had a cold sore. And she had cold sore, and then that's why you start seeing the guys having cold sores throughout <laughs> the tour. Because she's sleeping with all the guys right. with Spinal Tap. In the same spot. Yeah. On their lip. It's <laughs> just like so And good. they never really followed through on that joke. You just randomly see them from time to time in the movie with big herps on their yeah. lips. You don't really know what's going on. Well, that mm -hmm. was because... That was supposed to be part of it, but it got cut. So it's so funny. Oh my god! But yeah, that was a lot of the people who were just kind of hiding in or didn't quite make it into the movie. Mm -hmm. But who was the musician that they meet in the, that was, is with Howard Hessman? I don't know who that Duke, guy is. Duke something. Yeah, Duke something. I can't remember. I don't think he was. It was a made up thing. Yeah, it was just a made up thing. But his outfit was beautiful, though. <laughs> so great. <laughs> that was interesting. Do you guys? I'm, I'm sure you watched the young ones. Yeah, uh, back oh, in the yeah. day. But do, have you, did you know that there was this other that the, some of those guys did a band like this? They were called Bad News. It was the exact same time they were in production. While they were in production, they did like a, a BBC mockumentary. Yeah, insane that like two different people were doing it at the same time. Was it good? Not nearly as funny. It's a lot more cartoonish. But there were some really great moments. And and five years later, um, they did like a a, a follow up, and they play. Uh, Donington, the Monsters of Rock Festival in Donington, they actually played it. And it was just like a hail of stuff getting thrown at them. It's pretty amazing. Like that's, I mean, like Spinal Tap, uh, you know, they actually got to, they ended up touring. Um, they played Humphreys. They played Symphony Hall. Um, and they played Glastonbury Festival. And what was the one that, oh, they played, <laughs> so great, God. They played the Freddie Mercury um memorial concert the huge one at wembley stadium oh, yeah. and uh they say they come out and they said well um freddie wasn't really a big fan of ours so we're gonna cut it short for <laughs> freddie and they and they did one song and they had this huge set list with one song written <laughs> and it was like oh my god so great so so great i love the real life impact that this movie has just years beyond its time we're 40 years in now like this is Hey, it's 40th anniversary this year. Yeah. 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 So we, we have like, you know, on IMDb's rankings, it goes to 11 and it's not so 10. Mm -hmm. And we had, like you mentioned earlier, we had Bar 11 here for a while. Mm -hmm. And that was a little music venue. And it was directly named because of Spinal Tap. Absolutely. The owner at the time said that. Yeah, and, for sure. And uh, in the movie, you have Shank Hall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which wasn't a place at the time. But... Five years later, they made it. They made a shake hall. <laughs> and you know damn well it's because of this movie. So right. it's really 
just fun to see the real world impact that this movie's mm -hmm. had just years down the line still. Someone made this great shirt of the jazz blues festival that they, they say that they play and they jazz blues was a blues jazz. Like these little dumb little things that no one will care about, but someone made a shirt out of it and it looked like a seventies festival. So I had that for years. If I had it still, I would have worn it today. Uh, Tony Hedra, Ian Faith. Oh, tour he's manager. Great. Well, he's the manager. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, until he isn't. Until he isn't. Until he comes and saves the, Yoko the day. Comes along. Uh. <laughs> so he was a National Lampoon's writer, mm -hmm. a friend of the guys, worked over in England with Monty Python and guys at some point with, in various comedic projects. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, he ends up here. And as someone who has been a tour manager myself, that's the one that hurts for me. I mean, Tony Hedges' character. First off, I love that he's he's totally, it's, it's the manager of Led Zeppelin. I mean, mm -hmm. let's just cut to the chase. It's mm -hmm. him. He was known as being a notorious nut job, and that's mm -hmm. totally patterned after this, right down to the cricket bat being carried around everywhere. Right. And uh, I even love at the end when he when he usurps her and takes back the power, and they're in Japan, and you know, and he looks over at her. He's he's like whacking the cr yeah. cricket bat in his hand. Like, <laughs> right. He's just so good. Yeah. The power dynamic on, in a van on tour is so weird. And the the speech he gives when he's like, "There's no drugs and sex for for Ian," you know, it's I find mandolin strings and whatever. Yeah, it's yeah, so it's great. like I I price the local Hebrews. Like he's just <laughs> you know, and it's like it hurts watching that scene when you're a mm. tour manager, and as you know, as opposed to the other scenes where the band members hurt because it's so painful. That scene hurts for me because. That's what I would do all day and night. Yep. I'd find the bassist sunglasses mm -hmm. or the lead singer put his feet on the guitarist's pillow in the van. And now I've got to separate a fight. Mm -hmm. Like it is the most mundane little shit you have to deal with just to keep them from killing each other. And so when they throw a fit over nothing like the size <laughs> of crackers or something, oh, it's God, just that like, you, amazing. yeah, you, you have to just try to keep your sanity together and not lose it. Yeah. I mean, what was the Hebrew line again though? I tried to catch I that. Price the local Hebrews for or, money or for cash. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Well, he's shaking to, him down. Yeah, He's got to collect the money at the yeah. end of the night and everything. Because sometimes you have some promoters that don't want to give you your money. Oh, yeah. Straight up, that okay. is something that happens. I've had that on the road. Well, that's really funny because the only time I've ever been screwed by a club was the night we did Spinal Tap at 11 <laughs> on 11, 11, 11. <laughs> the only time uh, ever, you know, as as you guys can attest, uh, you know, we're not the most popular. We're, we're Our appeal is selective, as they say. <laughs> but we packed that club and they said you could get in free before eight. So everyone just came before eight. Sure. And they, I'm like, well, can you give us a little bit of cut of the bar? No. And they, they had the best night, apparently. They had the best night they'd ever had at that club. And wow. They, and they totally, between the promoter, who shall remain nameless, and, uh, uh, and the club, I was like, wow. I'm right here. No, I didn't promote that show. <laughs> it, no, they didn't last long either. They didn't know no, how to run a club. Good riddance. No. Wait, how, that, yeah, how many places was that? Was that? Um, oh, it went oh, through a gosh, bunch. I can't quickly. Bar, bar, uh, yeah. yeah, I can't keep track. The void. Yeah. Right, right. But the Casbah remains. Woo! Constant. 35 <laughs> years, bitches. I love it. Do you have a favorite of the three guys? Wow. Um, probably Nigel. Yeah. Just because... It's he, hard not to love him the so, most. He just like he's so deadpan and says the craziest stuff, and he believes it. <laughs> it must be so fun for him to do that character. There's a whole series of interviews that he does with National Geographic, spouting off about what he thinks really happened uh, with Stonehenge to an absolute like straight face interviewer who's in on the joke. But it's it's gold. It's so so great. And when we did it, Jeff Musser, who you know. 
was our Nigel, and he was perfect. He looked like him. He played like him. It was just fantastic. Do you guys have favorites? I'm kind of probably with Nigel as well. I, I think everybody likes the wild card. And there's, there's kind of a childhood innocence, childlike innocence to him, too. Right. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I do love him. But I got to say, I, you know, even though it's not one of the three guys, Ian Faith, I mean, just having, li <laughs> having lived that manager life, it's rough. And right. I just, I feel with him, you know, I can relate to him so much. Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because, like, he, uh, Christopher Guest, Nigel is the wild card. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, David St. Hubbins is more of the straight man, but he does say funny shit pretty mm -hmm. regularly. And then Derek Smalls is the undercover, low-key, really funny dude. Yeah. Does he ever really smoke that pipe? <laughs> Does any smoke come out of that pipe ever? It's just a prop. He'll, he'll just drop little shit in like at the end of the Stonehenge rant scene. So does this mean Stonehenge is out of the set right. tomorrow? He'll yeah. just drop in little shit like that that's really funny. Is it him that says, like, well, making something big out of it would have been a good idea or something? Like that. Like, oh my he God. has a, a solo album that came out last yeah. year, a full album with, from, a, with orchestra. Uh, as Derek Smalls. Yeah, yeah. I love that kind of extended. If, you, know, you need more spinal tap in yeah. your life. Extended joke. <laughs> we well, all the do. best part of it to me is that they said that uh, when they were telling the guys, you know, how they wanted them to behave, it was. Uh, you know, Rob Reiner was like, look, these guys are talented. They just have bad taste. <laughs> like, and I'm like, that sums up the band in a nutshell. It's like oh, when God. you listen to their lyrics and Sex Farm Woman and all this stuff, it's just like... Big bottom. Yeah, they have these great guitar solos. And, you know, Stonehenge is like Ronnie Dio epic. And it's like, yeah. they're talented guys. They just have bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> but is it any less ridiculous than some of the actual serious metal songs? No. That's, that's what's so funny about it. And there are definitely metal people who were like, well, I'm the, the one quote that I, that was who, the guy who like went on record is like, it's embarrassing now to get up and do dramatic stuff <laughs> was our boy Ian Asbury from the cult. Actually, uh, he yeah. was kind of like, I feel kind of silly now because they're totally making fun of my, my big, you know, serious did, idea. No. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You, people, I think people had to tone it down a little bit after that. Cause they're like, Oh yeah, this is ridiculous. Plenty don't, <laughs> but it is what it is. Should we do a little We Will Rank You? Yeah. So our, so our buddy here, tell him about your podcast. Uh, I started a, a podcast a couple of years ago, almost accidentally with some friends. We were Zooming about old records and someone said, not me. Oh, this would make a good podcast. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. And then everyone's like, you weren't thinking that? I'm like, no, it was just pandemic. And uh, so we would take a record and talk about our least favorite and rank it all the way up to our top favorite. A couple of guys I went to high school with here in San Diego and a San Diego State friend who was in uh, Truman's Water, uh, Sam, and it was at KCR with. So yeah, we've done like, th we've done about as many as you, but you guys are going to pass us because we were very bad at getting them out. Uh, but we'll rank lots of Casbah favorite records, whether it's Violent Femmes or Purple Rain or whatever, Radiohead, overly serious stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was saying, yeah, if you want to like, maybe we could, we could, rank some of our, our favorite songs. Yeah, we'll do those. a quick little version of what you do. We'll yeah. do we'll do our top three favorite Spinal Tap song. Okay. You want to do least, then, you we'll least favorite or no? And we'll throw one away. Start start with the least favorite and okay. on something positive. That's what we try and do. On okay, ours. so what what are you throwing away? Oh, let's see. I have rock and roll <laughs> creation as, as Okay. It's still it's still fun. That scene's great. But as a song compared to the other ones, it was like just okay. It it lived down to the review. Yes. This ponderous collection. <laughs> <laughs> 
and couldn't God have rested on that day? Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, that album cover is great. They made album covers, like fictional album covers for like 17 records or something. Uh, number three, I'm going to have tonight. Oh, no, no, no. We're doing the throwaway. I'm yeah, going to throw away America. Yeah, it's because like, it doesn't actually make the movie, really. It's not really even in the movie. Right. So they're just trying to. Play yeah. the guitar riff in the studio. Yeah, and they're just talking about America. There's, it's not as clever as the rest of the songs. Yeah, I fair. would throw away America. Fair, fair. What are you going to throw away, Piles? Looking at Christmas with the Devil. Okay. Well, that oh, was yeah. the one that was added on much later. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, just okay. It's on the list. I'm throwing it away. Yeah, it <laughs> will because it was a throwaway, basically. They added it like 15 years later yeah, or something. They did it on Saturday Night Live. I think yeah. maybe that's why they, they did it. They could have used that song probably in Santa Claus versus the Devil. Which okay, I, so let's go three. All right. Three, I've got Give Me Some Money. Yeah. Which, oh, did I mention <laughs> my wallet is Give Me Some Money? I don't know if oh. you get that. I actually made that myself. Wow. That is amazing. The Timsman. I love it. <laughs> I love it's that beautiful. song. It, yeah, that's one of, I guess, two where they actually went and recreated. They made it look like it was all 60s, and they do such a good job of it. It's so believable. When they say, oh, yeah, we were the Timsman, they cut to this black and white film. It looks perfect, and the song's great. <laughs> well, and the first thing they shot was the psychedelic one, the flower people yeah, one. That, that so was the good. first thing they shot. So good. Is that when Harry Shearer's mouthing it? Is he saying, I love you? He's saying, we love you. We love you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which some other band did that. The Wonder Stuff did that in some video. Like, we love you. Like, oh, oh God. Uh, number three, I'm going to have the, the, the one we kick it off with tonight. I'm going to rock you tonight. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And they end with that in Japan. Correct. So it starts and ends the film. Um, come on. How can you not love redundancy <laughs> to put tonight That's twice where in I the want title. you to want me? Oh, yeah, I love that. It is so good. Um, I love to, uh, yeah, that's, right. that's my number three. What do you have? Piles? Number three. Uh, you know, it's, it's really a tie between those two, man. Uh, the, 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 the previous, you know, the, the right. flower people or give me some money. I don't know. It's kind of between you like those the throwbacks. Two. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I'm still a sucker for the, the sixties pop stuff myself, yeah. you know? The mod in me. Yes. Yes, <laughs> of course. I know. Two. Uh, two, I've got Stonehenge. Yeah. Uh, because. Epic. It's just so ridiculous. And it, it definitely, it's so, it's, it rides that line between stupid and clever where it absolutely could be some, some metal song from the 70s mm -hmm. or some prog song. Yeah. And we, we went to England. Uh, we've done it twice now. But the last time. Uh, we actually got a banner made for Stones and Roses. This is the group where we dress up as Guns and Roses and, and play songs by the British band Stone Roses. And um, <laughs> so we got a banner made uh, from a local printer. And I don't want to say their name, but it rhymes with Pyle's Sticker Company. And, um, <laughs> and uh, it was supposed to say Stones and Roses. And we un furl it in England and it says Stone Henge. <laughs> and the N is shaped like a, st a Stonehenge. And so we just used it everywhere we went <laughs> and we went to Stonehenge, which was great. And, and, uh, so we took our picture in front of Stonehenge with the banner. Um, and I, I, I emailed them ahead of time to make sure it was okay. And they emailed back like the hours they were open, but apparently you had to get permission to, to film or like do anything. And a security guard came running and screaming at us. Wow. <laughs> you can do that over there, but not that close, <laughs> but they had all these quotes on the wall, these like very serious quotes about the history of Stonehenge. And in the middle of it, I'll show you the picture I, I, I put out. It says, no one knows what they were doing, dash Nigel Tufnell. Like, it's, like in, it's like embossed in, in, the, in, the, in stone into the, in this thing. It was so great. So well, that's, that in that's and of my its, number two. That in and of itself is a Stonehenge moment as far as the model. 
Yeah, <laughs> no one knows what they were doing. So great. You know, you order a banner, you think one thing's coming and something else yeah, shows up. You know, I'm never using that company again. But there's there's the banner. Uh, there's, great. there's the little uh, Stonehenge. Nice. Yeah, you can zoom in on that. <laughs> we'll post it on your socials. Uh, number two, I've got Big Bottom. You do? Uh, You've big, got Big Bottom? Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> tribute to all of us. Um, I I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it's so good. You um, would. The fact that Soundgarden covered it early yeah, on in their career did. and Pansy Division. Did, and that takes on a whole nother level Absolutely. when Pansy Division <laughs> does it. But, uh, you know, they know how great it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's obvious. It's, no, it's my number two. What do you got, Piles? Just go back to the flip-flop, you know, really. Like, if I'm going to say it, it's... Two-way tie for two. Yeah, give me some money. Flower people. It's I mean, one of those just... Fun, but well, I haven't gotten to my number one. All right, what do you got? My one? number one is Graham's number two tonight. I'm gonna rock you tonight. Oh, there we go. Yeah, the I never really noticed the very subtle hilarity of tonight. I'm gonna rock you tonight. Like it's just <laughs> plus it's a great riff. It's yeah. like it's like a it's like a yeah. You said cheap trick or something like that, right? But man, it's catchy. We would open our shows with that because the because the the movie opened with it, and it was just. Fun, yeah. fun to play, and, and that's great, essentially great what that final scene is in Japan. They're having their Budokan moment, and they're rocking totally out. To, Budokan. And they're rocking out to tonight. We're going to rock you tonight. Yeah, I love that. Oh, but we're huge in Japan, which we we have <laughs> a lot, we have Japan. friends. Yes, we have friends that you know, like, oh, I'm huge in Spain. Yeah, sure yeah. you are, but then you go to Spain, and they're actually huge. So, Bar Mendoza like, is huge in Spain. Yes, yes. So I, the I was talking about him. <laughs> Uh, my number one, I've got Sex Farm Woman. Yes. <laughs> of course you do. It's my favorite lyrically. I think that's mm-hmm. the next movie we're covering. <laughs> I hope. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Um, and especially the moment that it comes in the film when they've hit rock bottom near the end of the tour and nothing's gone right. Shows mm-hmm. have been canceled all over the place. And now they're playing in Air Force Base. And Sex Farm Woman clears the dance floor. Yes. <laughs> like they all are covering their ears and running to the back of the room. Yep. And that's everything about Sex Farm Woman. Just I laugh every single time I see the movie. Yeah. That's my hardest laugh probably in the movie. That's probably the, the number one where I didn't realize how funny it was until I sang it. And I've, I've know, <laughs> I know that it's supposed to be puns on it. But like the way he yeah. delivers it so seriously is just it's so yeah. Great. When you really pay attention to the lyrics on that one, it's so goddamn yeah, funny for sure. Number one, Piles. Number one. Well, it's all about Big Bottom. Ah. <laughs> but what about uh, how do we classify the amazing guitar solo that Nigel does with the violin mm. and kicking the guitar <laughs> yes. and the noodling? Man, otherworldly. Have you ever attempted that? <laughs> I can barely play a guitar. Like, also, barely. Shout out to Nigel for his love of Gumby. I tried to find yes. my Gumby to bring, because I don't have, I mean, I was going to build a little Stonehenge. I thought that'd be, maybe we could kind of do one with some water bottles, <laughs> yeah, maybe. Let's do it. Um, but yeah, I loved his affinity to Gumby with the, the Gumby in his pocket mm-hmm. and also his mm-hmm. Gumby t-shirts. Right. So, uh, good. And Pokey, of course. Well, and he was totally making fun of Jimmy Page with the violin thing, because oh, yeah. he, <laughs> he would play with the bow. And, yep. Yeah. But so then he, he like slightly tunes it and then yeah. goes back to That's the best part. That's the best part yeah. of the whole thing is when he stops and it tunes is. it and then goes back to it. Uh, yeah. Oh. For sure. It's in the Zoso. It's in the zeitgeist of every band. I mean, God, uh-huh. if any, I mean, you have to hold somebody's hand to say, you know, these kids, right? Now, I don't know how many kids know about it, but it's a life lesson if you're going to be in a band to watch this movie yeah. for the do's and don'ts. <laughs> and we should, we'd be remiss if we did not mention Hellhole. 
Oh, that was a good one. That was the one music video back in the day. Right. And oh. That was the one that got run on MTV. Yes. And yeah. or Night Flight. If you were yep. late, it's late night Saturday well, night. night yeah, yeah, yeah. They played the hell. I played that for a few years on mm-hmm. there. Like mm-hmm. so, Hellhole was the only video that was actually in rotation back then. Right. And that's a great song. Yeah. I think I had that as my fourth. I have the album. I had it. Oh, I have it too. Yeah. Smell the glove. And it, I love that they accurately like did not put anything on the cover when they actually put it out. It's just black. None more Classic, black. none more black. And then oh the whole God. Metallica black album uh-huh. things happens. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a clip of them with Metallica going uh-huh. like, oh, hmm, I wonder where they got that from. And, and Kirk and, and uh, Lars are like, or whoever it was. It's yeah. so great. And then in 92, they had the resurgence. They release Break Like the Wind. Yes. Their follow up. Yes. They did a lot of touring on that. Yeah. I yeah. do remember that at the time. Did you ever see them? I, I didn't. Yeah. They played Symphony Hall in 92 and they played Universal Amphitheater. And I was going to school in LA and I went and it was great. But the best part of the show was right before they went on, Rob Reiner did, he, he was walking like in between two sections and basically it was a victory lap. Like eight years later, he got a standing ovation from all of you and he just kind of, he just walked through the crowd and waved, and people <laughs> lost their marbles. It was so great. Because well, by then he'd made Princess Bride and Stand By Me and a bunch oh, yeah. of movies people really loved. Yeah. So, yeah. But this aside is, from that one. But this is definitely one that apparently wasn't that famous or popular at first. Sure. So for you hear about these movies, I'm sure you guys talk about it all the time on your pod. Like, uh, it wasn't a hit at first, but in the in the blockbuster world or on HBO or whatever, it became a cult hit. And this is like. Yeah, it, this is definitely one of those. So for to see a whatever six thousand person arena of all people just getting every joke and super into it, he must have just been in heaven. You know? All the audience scenes in the movie are genius. Like they, it just all looks so real and believable. Yeah. Like truly, that it's a it's a a, a documentary. You yeah. know, it is. Yeah, it's insanely believable. Like, Except for maybe the Asian kids at the end. They just pulled them off the streets of Los Angeles, I think. But <laughs> They put out a casting call for Japanese yes! actors. And oh, they just love that. And they did admit that they just took any Asian that showed up. So <laughs> they said most of them were Filipinos. So. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> we but love they, them all. But they do a great job of, of making it look like there's a huge crowd, and there's yeah. not, because they didn't get that many people. I, and I know that when they did the Ruddles, um, it was a similar thing where they just had the same extras in different configurations. Like, oh, like, let's move them over here. Let's move them over here. And it made it look like it was, you know, a ton of people. But, At this venue, guys, we would be remiss if we did not give a shout out to Moke the roadie. He's the one that comes out. Oh, and tries, and to, tries break, to get break him out of the out pod of and oh turns on the fire and tries to put it to, you know. Torches it. Yeah. And he's got to pick up Nigel when he falls all over backwards and he's trying to get him back upright. Like, so his name is Moke. Moke. They it's, talk about him on the commentary. They're like, oh, we love Moke. Oh they bring gosh. him up every now and then. And There's so many great things. Who's I need the a keyboard re-watch. player? Viv Savage. I've got two hands. That's, the, <laughs> that's my favorite Viv Savage line. So good. I don't know if he was like playing in other bands or whatever, but he was, he had a couple little lines and they were, that one's great. I've got two hands. It's like so funny. There's so many good ones. Oh, and I, have, yeah. I, have, I have a list of a few more that yes, I, I definitely want to get. A, Let's the, do this. The tuning fork. Uh, when he goes through um, the airport, the airport security. <laughs> that's all. That's all good. But his really subtle thing. Oh, I've got a tuning fork. I'm a musician. That subtle thing of like musicians want to 
you didn't know that no. they're musicians. Oh, oh, do I happen to have a guitar pick in my <laughs> in my pocket as I'm going through the checkout? Yes, you. you know. But what did he finally pull out that the, was setting the alarm the, off? It was wrapped in. It was a cucumber. It was a cucumber wrapped, wrapped in, in civil tinfoil. Tinfoil, and that's why. But I, for me, the, it was the tuning fork. Like it's yeah. very quickly. Uh-huh. I'm a musician. Like yeah, we know. Um, what else? The uh, mixing up when she can't say Dolby. And they all laugh Dudley. at her, like that kind of like male el- elitism. Uh-huh. Like I'm like, oh my god, yeah, totally know that. Uh, jazz blues blues. Um, let's see. The way that they remember old songs that they had talked about a long time ago. So the way that they remember the first song they ever wrote together is so believable. It is insane that they just. I don't know if they actually made up the song on and the cry, spot. cry, cry, yeah, cry yeah, yeah. all and, the way home. And they're harmonizing with each other, but the way that they do it is just is unbelievable um i don't know if i i think i've I've noticed this or read about it but then forgot repeatedly there's an umlaut over the n in spinal tap yeah that is great um (laughs) and i and marty debergi putting himself in i guess was was based on martin scorsese because at the beginning of the last waltz he'd put himself into so there's that kind of like pretentiousness of i'm the director but i'm totally gonna put myself in it and i guess martin scorsese didn't like it at first but then later he like had a sense of humor about it but um, those are, those are my favorite, my favorite bits, but I love, I, I was, I wrote down here, like, they're not just, they're not just making fun of the tiny little things that only people like us nerds would get like the packaging and the, and the, the roadiness of, of these tiny little things, but they're also making fun of astrology and the military and mimes, you know, it's like they, they were like <laughs> going for like a lot of different things, you know, it wasn't Nobody just, it wasn't just mimes. Mime is money. I love that you said that. That's so great. But, um. It's it's a classic. It absolutely is. It is fun. It's rock and roll. It uh, you know, it's that thing. It's like what I hate about San Diego when any band tours here. They fucking got to mention the whale's vagina. But nonetheless, oh, yeah, we need to have stuff, a no anchorman thing going on. This, 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 this movie and how it plays out in in band culture is just ridiculous. You know, it it really is. It's hilarious. It's funny and. Those guys shaped my life, Lenny and Squiggy. Good lord, it's it's amazing to uh, to talk about this film with Adam Gimbel, who is the epitome of Spinal Tap. So pretty metal. much everything you've ever done here in so San Diego, <laughs> uh, and how you do that. And uh, sometimes I think you're too witty for the people of San Diego, sometimes, but we're sometimes. elevating them, we're bringing them. It's evening out a little bit, and I can't wait for you to play the Casbah again to celebrate our 35th anniversary. It'll be happening soon. I'm not sure with which band yet, but. Sweet and Tender Hooligans are coming up. I've heard about that. Yes. Tell us about you getting them in here. Uh, we were doing an Oasis parody called The Fookin' Wankers. It yes. was another short-lived one. It was so much fun. And we played with them in L.A. Because they they play huge places in L.A. And they I don't think they played much of anywhere down here. So they couldn't get in here. But I asked him. I'm like, please, please, please. So the rest I, is please, history. Please, please, let me get what I want. <laughs> Adam Gimbel, uh, thank you so much. Do you have anything coming up to plug? Uh, Rookie Card is recording for the first time in 18 years, and we're doing a, a leap year show because we wrote a song years ago about being born in a leap year, and apparently no one else ever has. So the leap year people of the world love us. Yeah. So we have to play once once every uh, once every. Do you have four a show years. on the 29th? We do. We're playing a, a rival club of yours that I won't name, but it rhymes with Pensington Blub. <laughs> um, <laughs> and... Uh, what else? The Stone Roses record is turning 35, if you want to feel old. And uh, Weezer's first record is turning 30. 
So we're going to be doing some anniversary shows probably here for, for one of those two. We're still. Have you heard arranging. Liam and John's new track? I did. I like it okay. It's, uh, you know, he lists the colors of the rainbow. I can't really get that excited. Sounds very spinal tap. It's so <laughs> spinal tap. 20, it, shit writes itself. 20 minute guitar. So apparently <laughs> Liam Gallagher thought spinal tap was real too, which I love. I love that about him. Um, um but yeah, we will rank you as putting out new new episodes. We've got a Little Richard episode coming out uh, this month, which I laughed because you had Robert Lopez sitting, yes. sitting right here uh, recently. And I'm listening to the episode and super digging it. And I said, okay, just don't talk about Little Richard, whatever you do. And I don't know how long the episode is, like almost an hour. And then you start asking about Little Richard and he starts talking about the exact same thing. I was kind of like, damn you, Piles, <laughs> stealing all oh. our material. Well, no. But uh, I'll be here for shows for sure. Thanks for having me on. I've 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 said it many times, but the Casbah has been second home for forever and let us do our silly stuff where almost no one else did. But you guys have a sense of humor, so you let me do our yeah, silly things. Of course, it's been fun. Does voice and video still exist? Absolutely. Your family still own it? No, nah, family doesn't own it anymore. But if you want to rent any of gear like this and you don't want to buy it you know we well, can we don't need we to plug it anymore it. if it's not in your family i still work there though so oh you do okay yeah, yeah. they kept me in the deal that's that's pretty sweet and you seem to be spending a lot of time traveling and going to big festivals you seem like you're living a better life now than you were uh, in your teens i don't know like I, teens, I was, teens i was pretty nerdy you've I, been like to I the saying. uk several times in mm. the last year yeah traveling with your family your dad and yep. stuff like that super yeah. cool to see that as we get older, to share those experiences. Dad is still kicking. He's he's 82. Wow. And uh, is in better shape than we are, which is annoying. Yes, that is. <laughs> but yeah, we're we're hoping to, that we could get Stones and Roses back uh, one more time. We played a festival there, and it was the, just the best the best set we'll ever get to play. Because you know we always joke about um, a band like that where it's it's British centric. And there's only, we joke, there's only 27 people in San Diego that are going to get this joke. So we'd have to go all the way there to do it. But it's such, it's so, I, I love that we did that and Baby Bushka has been touring there too. Like, it's so weird that San Diego has bred two bands that dress up and play British music and we go there and destroy them. But they're doing like. Well, you guys are more comedy. I mean, in a way. Oh yeah, for sure. And the Bushka girls are a straight up tribute. Yeah, like they're they're very serious about they're it. They're serious about it, but it's not even. Uh, they all sing. There's, yeah. it's not a tribute. That's what's so great about it. That's why. That's why no, maybe why I love it so much. Like, I don't yeah. consider them a cover band. Like I've been here many times for their rehearsals before. They they spend hours before they yeah. go on stage going through everything. Like oh they're gosh. very thorough. Mm. We're super lucky in San Diego. Some amazing talent yep. and. Um, I guess my last question would be, has Dr. Demento ever played any of your songs? Wow. I don't think I've ever sent him any of our songs. So I don't know. I know. What? I You've know. never sent any of your tongue in cheek parody music to the king you, of think, parody music. You'd think that it, it would seem that I self promote like a crazy person, but I'm really bad at it. Wow. So someday I'll get something out there, but there's, there's a few that we could send him for sure. We've, we've recording a cover is always seems like such a ridiculous thing to do, but we've done a couple when we, when we toured, uh, England last time we went to Abbey Road and recorded a cover of the Beatles uh, Revolution 9 yes which was super I fun I play that on the radio that yes, was cool yes you did yeah. yeah so maybe I'd send him that I don't know there you go there's a couple geezer songs that are sort of funny sort of your own yeah sort of Adam Gimbel everybody 
He's the man, the myth, the legend. And thanks for being here. You're a great guy. Thanks thanks for great having us. I can't Our community, it. man. I, I love calling you a friend. I like calling you a friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tiger. that you like it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Auto Forever. Thanks, guys, for Auto listening. Auto Forever. Auto Forever. Hello, listeners of Soundcheck Flicks. On our next film, in a nutshell, dark, atmospheric, and sinister, stars Mickey Rourke and Robert De Niro, 1987's horror mystery, Angel Heart. <laughs>